Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everybody. I'm, um, it's nice that it's mostly familiar faces, and I apologize for some of you have heard my story many times or have known me a long time. Um, but it's nice to be in this position and nice to be sharing. Just for the numbers, I was a fat child. I was put on my first diet when I was nine. When I was 11, I was put on what was called the drinking man's diet, which was 60 grams of carbohydrates a day. When I was 13, I think I was put on the old version of the Weight Watcher diet, which was very similar to what Sheet had except it had the concept of unlimited vegetables. And I say, that's where I learned to binge eat. My parents on one of the diets had me weighing every day. And I think that's when I started to learn body obsession. And I was a very good student and I embraced those activities. Um, When I was 13 or 14 years old on that Weight Watchers diet, I was about five, four, I was still growing. And at 105 pounds, that was my goal weight. And every time I got to 107 pounds, I was supposed to go back on the diet until I reached 105 pounds again. I was in the ninth grade. And I still remember the day I went to the shopping center in San Leandro and I had weighed 107 pounds that morning and everybody else got ice cream and I didn't say no. And I started a binge that I could not stop. And I gained 50 pounds in 10 weeks. That's five pounds a week. It was nonstop eating. I literally burst out of my clothing, a sort of the the puberty that had been squashed by the diet, everything. And I have a very um, curvy figure, even when I weigh right what the charts say I should weigh. My son as a child stumbled across one of my bras and said, gosh, mom, you could write whole words with all the letters there. So it, you know, I, I wasn't meant to be what the ideal was in the sixties. You know, I wasn't going to have straight hair and I wasn't going to look like Twiggy, but I hated myself. I seriously consider, I, I grew up in a very chaotic family. My sister was Um, having psychotic breaks, which was unusual. She was bipolar and she was not diagnosed. And we were under stress. And when I talked to people, there was no physical violence, but there was a lot of a kind of chaos and uncertainty and violence emotionally that people who grew up in alcoholic homes had. And I recognize some of that. Um, I um, seriously contemplated suicide when I was 14. I had enough, I had read enough, I knew enough that it was a hostile act. And I didn't hate people. I just hated myself and couldn't stand what was living. But I thought, I I knew that there were people who loved me. And I thought the only way that I could kill myself without hurting them was if I killed them too. And I was fortunate because the idea of being a murder-suicide person, I got past number three and I couldn't figure out the logistics of it. And I thought I was stuck being alive, but it was very real and very painful to me. Um, I couldn't wait to get out of the home. I was, you know, constantly on diets. I would lose five pounds. I would fast. I didn't do um, pills. I did not do the 
the grapefruit diet, the this diet, the that diet. I knew by the time I was graduating from high school that it, it really was a matter of a balanced diet. When I was um, 18 as a sophomore in college, I wanted to spend my junior year abroad and I figured I had to pass an interview. And I knew that if I felt okay about the way I looked, I could persuade the powers that be to let me go. And so I went on, I put myself on the old Weight Watchers diet again, lost 30 pounds, passed the interview and immediately gained those 30 pounds back in six weeks. And I realized I had a decision to make that the first mistake was gaining the weight and the second would be if I let it ruin my life. And I swore I wouldn't. And I decided to go to Europe anyway. I had a good year, but it was exhausting. You know, every morning getting up and sort of girding my loins to go out and face the world and struggle through it as a fat person. And sometimes I think we don't talk enough about what it means to be too big for things. And it, it was hard, you know, nothing fit. I couldn't, oh, let's go shopping. Oh, let's do that. Well, when you get in a canoe and it tips more your way or your clothes are popping out, those are real barriers to things. Um, and I spent my year in Europe walking from bakery to bakery with my nose pushed against the glass, thinking about what I couldn't eat. And I never, thank you, five minutes got out of the solution. So that continued up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Um, fast forward, I've never had a stable weight in my entire life. When I was about 44, um, we went to Hong Kong, my husband, two kids, and I. And while I was there, my crazy sister 12-stepped um, me into OA. And she took me, to, I've learned to love churches. She took me to a church. We wandered around looking for the OA meeting. I weighed about 200 pounds. And I was mad as hell when the pastor or whatever walked by and said, oh, are you looking for OA? And I thought, how can he tell what we're looking for? OA in Hong Kong, there were two meetings on an island of 4 million people. Um, there were about six people. That was a big meeting. The first day, it was just the secretary, my sister and I. And I was gifted with abstinence. And as a backstep, when I was 25, I was, I'm a nurse. And when I was 25 in nursing school, I had to do a rotation on addiction. And I was sent to an open AA meeting. And I walked about out of that meeting as a 25-year-old saying, that's me, but I do it with food. And there was absolutely no doubt in my mind that I had an addictive relationship, but I couldn't, you know, self-knowledge is limited. It's, it's a start. It's not a finish. Um, three meals a day in Hong Kong with fruit in between, not even life in between. Got me all over Southeast Asia. got me with little kids, got me down to a normal weight. I had it made. I came back here. I thought you guys were all crazy as loons. There were blue book thumpers. There were people that weighed and measured. There were fanatics. There were people whose lives I didn't admire. And some I did, but it was, I, it was very much me and you all. I did not identify at all with it, um, except I couldn't stay abstinent. I would lose 50 pounds. I would gain 50 pounds. I would lose 50 pounds. I would gain 50 pounds. I, I can't count how many times. The only thing for me about that kind of story is that every time I lost weight, things got a little better and I couldn't go back to hating myself so much. 
And I also realized that the issue was not the pounds because the exact same weight going down felt very different than that identical weight on my way up. And that helped me separate myself from the pounds. Um, I remember one day walking into a store and um, I tried on every style of jean they had, same store, same brand, and I fit between an eight to an 18, depending on the style. And that freed me from the number in terms of the size. So there were steps along the way where things got better, but it was still a constant struggle, even though instead of gaining five pounds a week for 10 weeks, I would gain a pound a week for a year. It's still 50 pounds. I would still be back where I didn't want to be. What ha happened is that um, most recently in 2019, I went back East for a 90th birthday party for my father-in-law. I was at my all time high. I, you know, all the lessons I'd learned, all the personal growth I'd had, it was still a struggle to not hate myself in the middle of this group of people. And I um, came home deciding to do it differently. At that point, I was pretty much just going to one meeting. It was a how meeting. And I just want to give a shout out. I've had every food plan and been comforted at different times. Sometimes the structure was the only thing that embraced me and held things together, weighing and measuring. Other times it was so constrictive, I couldn't deal with it. And it does make me sad to see the conflict between the various approaches, because I know that for myself at different times, I need different things. Um, anyway, I came back. I thought I need outside help. And I started asking people I worked with to recommend someone. I found a counselor who is one of us. She's a hundred pounders. She's kept it off for 30 years. She's an AA member. And the first thing she said was, um, I'll work with you, but you have to go to a, agree to go to a nutritionist and you have to go to OA. And I said, I've been going to OA. How is this different? And she said, well, you're doing it with. That's how it's different and um, try again. So I was not overly optimistic, but at that point, you know, I had everything to improve and nothing to gain. And I, the weight slowly, steadily came off. And last year I got to where I am now, which ironically was about what I hit when I gained 50 pounds in elementary, in middle school, in early high school. And it's a, it's, I'm 157. I see it. So that's 10 that I'm, that's a good weight for me. I'm really fit. I'm not on any meds. My resting pulse is in the low fifties. I ride a bike long distance and I feel happy. I would like to weigh a little less, but I weigh exactly the same that I weighed 11 months ago. And I fit the same clothes that I bought 11 months ago. And that has never happened before to me in my life. I started to feel the sort of swirling, here we go again, down the drain kind of thing. And this time, instead of tightening down on the food and, and hating myself and getting more restrictive, I clamped down on program and I feel much more connected. Some of you heard me share, I, I finished a ninth step that had been hanging on a long time. I um, over 21 years, there are many of you whose pictures I'm looking at right now that I really love, that I've known a long time. 
I pretty much work every step every day, more or less. I've had a lot of changes. I retired. My daughter moved in with me. I've retired her boyfriend and her 17 year old dog. I've retired. My sister went into a nursing home in Fresno. We had to close down her house. Um, We've had a lot going on. And I feel that I'm in a sustainable place. And I'm very grateful. And I guess a couple more minutes. I also want to give a shout out for outside help in terms of I, I was raised in a very liberal religious tradition. I finally went to GTU. They have Jesuits there that do spiritual direction for anybody, including me. Um, and they ask questions about what you believe, what I believed. And I was able to articulate a higher power that I can work with, which comforts me. It's not an omnipotent deity that pulls strings, but it's a source of comfort that's available to me. I find that helpful. I um, have a sponsor. It's taken me a while. I, you know, I've been fired for binging and whatever else. Um, I see her probably three days a week and our meetings, we walk and she's, she knows the big book and she knows our stuff. And um, so some of it is just the logistics come together. I'm a slow learner, clearly. And I, I offer no guarantees, but I feel more optimistic and more comforted and more hopeful than I have felt in 20 years. And I really feel privileged to be here speaking. So, you know, what is it they say? Stay for the miracle. Don't, don't quit before the miracle. And if you're like me and get lots of miracles, you still have to keep coming back. And I'm the dog that my daughter brought is 17 years old. And when she needs to go in or she needs to go out, you get up and help the 17 year old dog go in and go. That's all. Thank you all.